Boom, we are live. Isaac just left. Let me DM Isaac. One of our viewers is joining us today on the show. I'm sorry for it being late. There's a few things to talk about. I've had a crazy day because I'm planning on going, like my girlfriend comes into town in like 12 hours or 24 hours. What up, Jay? It's Isaac Johnson. His camera's loading, but or he's loading in. Either way, we got a few things to talk about. We'll talk about how Zion Williamson is playing football, not basketball. We'll talk about how LeBron James is wanting to play with people who actually play basketball. Like, not play, to play to win basketball, not just playing basketball. Devin Booker's out for a month with a growing strain. Poku broke his leg. That yeah, one's no, sad. No. We got no Bulls talk. It's wild. It's beyond me. We'll talk Bulls. I just didn't know everything that we wanted to go. Came back from 15 against the Milwaukee Bucks. I got to go in like 10 minutes. Okay, that's good. So let's talk Chicago Bulls then to start the game. What do you think of that Bulls game? And were you, what, 119, 113? And the thing is, is you know what's crazy about this game? Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan was the show. It was Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan show for the first time all season. What? What are you saying? I'm saying that they looked like an actual unit together. Uh, yeah, I think that's more on Levine. But yeah, all right. I don't necessarily fully agree or disagree with that statement. It's a fine statement. Damn, I, I think Isaac just has... Try your phone. You aren't loading in. I'm surprised you're uh, just raw dong in it with a... Uh... Oh, Isaac, what up? Can you hear us? Oh, he made it. He made it in. Isaac, can Uh, you hear us? We don't hear you. Yeah, we do. Yeah, what up, Isaac? Okay, okay. Hey, what's up, y'all? I've been... Yeah, hey, uh, it's me from the comment section. You're seeing me a little bit, so sometimes. So I've been watching the show for a few months now, and so I've been just really excited to join. So join on talking hoops. We're yes, we're excited <laughs> to have you on here. Is it what do you go by, Jay Johnson or Isaac Johnson? Because I saw your Twitter was Isaac. I go by Jay Johnson. Jay Johnson. I go All by right, you got ISO Jay over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's get right. Did you watch this Bulls game last night? Or see some I actually, of I watched the I watched the highlights. I watched the highlights. It was a really good game. I was very surprised. The Bulls came. I think it was fifteen points. I want to say they came back. Yeah. They just they they played some really good defense at the end of the, at the end of the game. I think they stole the ball like twice and ended up. Who, who tied the game? I think it was the sumo had like a yeah. tying layup. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. sumo. Yeah, the Bulls—they're they're playing pretty good of late. I think they've won. Um, I want to say like the last four, like five or something like that. So. Yeah, I think they, they're over their last five five games. They're I think they've won four of the last five or no the last. Yeah, because we had that hiccup against the Houston Rockets. Yeah, which is oh. hilarious. <laughs> Hey, maybe the articles that came out for the Chicago Bulls lit a fire under their asses. I think, yeah, I think it kind of did. That's what DeMar was saying at the end of the game. He was like, the way we ended that game is how we got to play every single game. And it was beautiful, man. Like Levine, 
DeMar, even Vucevic was knocking down some threes. They were playing great defense. Pat Will was scoring on his own. We saw a little bit of Pat will, Will. I saw. <laughs> I went back and watched the highlights, and I was like, I know Jackson's so happy that Pat it's Will like, had. Like first play of the game. He like, but I no, he, I will admit, even though Pat Will ended with eight points, his defensive impact, the guy played 41 minutes. Like His defensive impact this game was – I think they have a unit right here with Damar, Pat Will, Vooch, Levine, and DeSumo. Like that, that's a good yeah. group. I mean, you can't really guard Giannis embarrassed him a couple of times, but like you can't you can't guard stop. Giannis yeah, on you your own. Guard. You gotta build a wall and it's they weren't building anything. But I don't yeah. even think the Great Wall of China would stop Giannis. Having no Chris Middleton or Drew Holiday definitely helps, but I'll take our first back to back against Milwaukee for first time in five years. Jay, do you think yeah. You think the Chicago Bulls can turn their season around, or do you think it, like all hope is lost? I mean, I think they can. I don't know if they will, but I think um, I think a big part of the game last year was just getting on the fast break. I'm gonna be honest; I haven't seen too many um, of Bulls games lately, but I know when they were doing it last year, they were running, they were gunning, um, just getting up the court. I think that's what's going to help them continue winning. So. Yeah, people they are, do you're so right. People don't realize transition, fast break, how you said running and gunning. Obviously, having Lonzo Ball helps a lot, but trying to get back to that, even without Lonzo, we're seeing with the sumo, we're seeing the Caruso, DeMar just getting the ball, hitting the front, like fast court, fast break down the court. Yeah, I like they're kind of using Vucevic now, finally, a little bit more in the offense because he's a very talented passer, but. Yeah, the, the Alonzo loss is so devastating to us. We can't run Goron. Like, Goron's the best point guard on our roster, but we can't start him and run him 30 a night because he's, what, 35 or 34 or something. Yeah, he lost his legs, but he's still good. Like, Lonzo opens up. Like, obviously, he's a great three-point shooter, and he can score a little bit, but he gives you, what, what would you say, four or five open shots to his teammates per game at least. So, oh, like, yeah. 10 points. But tonight, so. having Vooch drop five assists, it felt like you had five assists from DeMar, five assists from Vooch, four assists from Levine. They were moving the ball tonight. Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a fun game. They DeMar, they, what uh, Johnson was talking about, we had DeSumo with the game-winning dunk. You probably saw it on the highlights because it's like DeMar read the play. Apparently the assistant coach, I forget his name, something funny, the assistant coach drew up the play that the Bucks were going to run on the last possession. And De- DeMar read it like a book, found Asumu for the slam. And it was so cool as a Bulls fan because Giannis was trailing him. He was right yeah. there. Giannis was right there. And he just throws that down. He couldn't quite get it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he couldn't quite get it. Awesome. That was electric. Here, let's move on. And I don't know if you guys saw this quote last night. D'Angelo Russell made me laugh he said he ran through my guy took the ball he's playing football We're, we playing basketball we can't touch him we can't guard him so good for him said russell and this was when he williamson scored on rudy gobert with just under a minute and he literally then following play williamson stole the ball uh, stole russell's pass and went for the go-ahead dunk and i think like, what do you guys think? I think Zion, we all talked about, like, the last – this is a different Zion. This isn't the Zion we saw, like, the the first, what, 84 games of his career. This is, like, I don't even know. How, like, the guy doesn't even need to shoot threes that he's still, like, the most dominant guy on the court. 
Yeah, he's, he's been, oh, you want to go ahead first? No, no, I was going to say, what do you think? He, he's been amazing. This is the Zion, honestly, because I've been a Zion fan since, since high school. This is the Zion I expected. Um, I thought he was going to do this. Obviously, last year, of course, he was hurt the whole year. I'm not really surprised because if you look at what he was doing his second year, as the season was going on, there was this stat, I think, like, his second year, like the second half of his second year, he was averaging like 30 points per game. So, in seeing what he's doing now, to me, it, it's not surprising, but he, he's just been playing amazing, um, and hopefully he can continue. So. Yeah, him being in better shape definitely helps. I mean, yeah, I'm just like Jay, like high, big high school Zion fan, knew he was special from the start, and I don't know. I don't Man know if wagon. it was he was a little he was a little like chunkier. I guess he was a little more inexperienced. I get what you're saying though, Ciro. You know what he dropped forty three last night. Like it's mm. an elevated, it's a slightly elevated Zion, but he's always this the game is always been down. his capability. Yeah, it's slowed down. He's you can't stop the guy, and he's yeah. shooting good. Like he's shooting not much, but I'm a guy who always I, I I always compare other sports, and you know, like in football, they always say a rookie quarterback to compare to you know a, a second or third year quarterback is that a rookie quarterback the game hasn't slowed down, the game's still fast, you know, and that's why they make mistakes. And Zion, we always said this in his first what two three seasons, he only played 84 games, and that's the equivalent to one full NBA season. So I think. He really only had one full year of ball. And this year he was quiet, kind of quiet for the first month. But after that first month, heading into November, he took off. And I think the game literally slowed down and he just started seeing things before it would even happen. And like now, like last night when he took, he stole that ball from Russell. And I think it would be like, I just think it's like, I just, I just, I was never a band bandwagon Zion guy. Like I liked Zion. But I didn't bandwagon him because it just seemed like everyone liked him. But I I always was like, was I going to be this guy? And we knew he was. Like, I was like, okay, he's already an all-star. But, like, will his game go to another level? And then it was like I kind of forgot about his passing ability. This guy, oh, my God. This season, he just reminded everyone, hey, you guys remember at Duke? I was like this defensive passing menace. Like, it wasn't just about my scoring. It was about yeah. the fact that I could literally – block the shit out of any shot and I could literally throw the ball. Like people were calling him Ben Simmons and LeBron, like the way he passed in this yeah. season, they're using it. What do you, what do you else? What do you guys think is the biggest improvement in Zion's game? It's a pretty good point. I think the biggest, I think the biggest improvement pretty much like you said, but I think also to get to those passes, he has to create uh, the passing lanes. I think his handle, like if y'all go back and watch Zion's handle in his rookie season, um, it's just it's so much more improved. Like it's crazy how he can just dribble through traffic now. There was a play I think against the Bucks. He Drew Holiday was on him. He just crossed up Drew Holiday, got separation, and I think he passed it to Jonas Valanciunas. I don't know if y'all remember that play or not, but he has so many plays like that where he can just get his way through a defender, pass a defender. And then, you know, the defense is going to collapse and he has the passing ability to kick it out to someone for a three or he'll dump it down to Valentunas or to Larry Nance. I think his handle is what's really opening up his game. So, for me, that's like that's the most improved thing about his game. 
I agree with that. Jackson, yeah, what like do you think? Lot. I like that. I really do. I mean, it just it, it makes everything easier. Like now, he, it, he's always been a good scorer, but it opens up. We like saw what happened to Jalen Brown. He's averaging what? six assists on the lawn. But for example, Jalen Brown, we saw him improve as a ball handler. But when he was forced to be a primary ball handler in the NBA Finals, that shit like went. You know that they went to shit. It shit hit the fan because he wasn't yes. that great as a ball handler. Now Zion's looking for situations where to get the ball in his hands, move up the court, and yeah. like just break people down. And like Jay's saying is, even when you create space, it's not even about creating space to score. It's about creating space for your teammates to for the passing lanes. Yeah. And that's, I think that's something because Zion already naturally attracts a double team, attracts. You know, yeah. the attention of the whole defense. So John knows now, I don't got to go down the court and try to drop 30 every game. I can go down the court, shake and bake. As soon as I see that, you know, the big drop down, you know, come out of drop coverage and step up the paint. I know Jonas Valanciunas or Herb Jones or Brandon Ingram can just go back door and finish the inside. And those are just high level IQ basketball and just how Jay said, using his handle to create for others. Yeah, man, it's gonna be. It's already scary. Obviously, they're sitting at number one in the league, <laughs> like or in that AFC. They're they're first in the West, and Brandon Ingram's not even back yet, and it's gonna be even more terrifying. So I'm excited for it. But that's it for me today. Nice to meet you officially, Jay. Hope to see you soon. Win that Purtle game for me, <laughs> and uh, I'll see you guys tomorrow. All right, see you, Jackson. Take care, buddy. I- all right, Jay, I wanted to talk about this. I don't know if you saw what happened last night in the the Magic Pistons game. Did you see the fight that mm-hmm. broke out? So here's a, a – I didn't see the fight. So um, – I was watching the speed of So right here's the fight. So it, Mo Wagner approaches the bench, and then Kelly and Hayes hits him in the back of the head which is like a super sensitive area and knocks him out. Like literally he gets knocked out and like the, the assistant coaches grab him and like protect him. Literally look at that. Like, isn't that crazy? Dang, yeah. It, it doesn't feel like you hit him that hard, but like you said, I guess like the back of the head. They always say so that. What, what happened to like cause that situation? Like what did that happen? Okay, so let me run it back. So what happened was, let me read you what from what I've read it was. So ever the three guys that were ejected was Himidu Diallo, Kellyan Hayes and Mo Wagner with just over 33 seconds left to play in the first half of Wednesday's game. Chaos broke out between the magic and the Pistons following a turnover. Mo Wagner of the Orlando magic forcefully bumped into Kellyan Hayes of the Pistons while he was on the bench. Then multiple Pistons confronted Wagner, most notably most noticeably Hamido Diallo who shoved Wagner. Then Kellyan Hayes gets up and throws that punch that connects to the back of the head of Wagner. And that brought several Magic players off the bench into the fray. And the video appeared to show several Orlando players leave the bench during the dust-up. And after a long review, the officials ejected Mo Wagner for committing a flagrant two foul. And then Diallo and Hayes were ejected for escalating the confrontation. However, Pistons coach Dwayne Casey questioned why the Orlando Magic players who didn't who did leave the bench were not also ejected. The NBA is expected to hand down multiple fines and possibly suspensions after reviewing the incident. Do you like for me? Like mm. fights always break out 
do who do you think's in the wrong? Is Mo Wagner in the front or the wrong for approaching the bench and starting the incident, or is Kellyan Hayes in the wrong for reacting? Um, I mean, I think both, but if I guess I had to pick one, I would say maybe Killian Hayes. If that make, because I think um, there was no need for a punch. I mean, we see players. Yeah, there's no need for a punch. Because, like, we see players approach the bench all the time. You know, when you see people like Steph Curry. Yeah. Or they hit a shot and they're, like, chomp the bench or something like that. Yeah, yeah. You see people approach the bench. And while right, I think the situation didn't have to go that far. It didn't have to go that far. I think um, it could have been resolved really quickly. And it's unfortunate it had to go to that point because, you know, especially – in, in Detroit, you know, I saw a video by um, Kenny Beecham. I know you know who he is, but yeah. he was like, the announcer was telling all the fans to stay in their seat because, you know, the malice in the palace, but they don't want nothing like that going down. Yeah. And it's crazy because, like, speaking of this incident, they just had an incident last season with, um, you know, LeBron and Isaiah Stewart. So for something like this to happen again, you know, they just want to make sure, you know, nothing – extreme goes on and for that to happen i see why they're taking uh that action yeah like i i agree with you like first off like i know i think the mo wagner's also in the wrong because supposedly he shot he bumped into kellyan hayes before like this video starts like this all started because mo wagner bumps kellyan hayes and then kind of stares at the bench and i don't know if there was an exchange of words or anything so like mo wagner's in the wrong for starting it but i just think it was an immature thing for kellyan hayes just to punch him like he wasn't throwing a punch you know what i mean he was just probably he was just beefing you know like no like you just threw a punch on like a defenseless guy you know like He's literally not even looking at him, and he threw him a punch from the back. I just, I, as a per, like, I don't condone fighting or anything, but I just feel like, bro, you just can't just, you know, like, hit someone from the fucking back while they're not even hey, looking. Can you hear me? I'm sorry. No, you're good. You're good. You still there? Okay. Yeah, you're my good, internet Jay. went out. Nah, you good, Jay. But I'm back. You good. Yeah. Okay. But Jay, do you agree with me that like I just think the the immature part is from Kelly and Hayes because he hit Mo Wagner when he wasn't even looking. He hit him from the back. Like he was defenseless. Yeah, it's the same thing like Yeah, it's the same thing like Patrick Beverly to Chris Paul. Like Chris Paul might have said something. We don't know what mm-hmm. he said, but they hit him in the back while he's not looking. That's that's the immature part. You know, if you're gonna and I'm saying don't don't hit anybody to the game, but I mean, if you're going to confront Give, the person, at least make sure they're looking at you. Don't, don't. Literally, them. you look like a don't. pussy if you cheap shot them. <laughs> don't, don't like just let them face you. Like be, be a man, be a man about it. Like if you're gonna, if you have something to say. Exactly. You know? So, for that situation, I think it's you know whatever happens to Killian. Hopefully he learns his lesson. Uh, he's, he's still a young player, so and I think he will. Um, yeah, I think he'll get like three or four games. It wasn't too bad, but just immature, you know. Yeah, just yeah, just immaturity. So LeBron came out the other day and said LeBron James wants to win, not playing basketball just to play basketball. And this comes after he deleted the tweet saying that he would never miss the playoffs again in his career. 
And also a report came out today saying that the Lakers might just go with the rest of the season with their current roster and not make any trades. What, what is your yeah. thoughts on this? Do you feel bad for LeBron? What do you, what do you, what is your thoughts on the whole LA situation? Should they make trades? Should they keep the roster? Should they trade Russell Westbrook? Should they trade Pat Bev and Kendrick Nunn? What is your thoughts? You know, I've, I've had a theory about LeBron. Um, it's not unrelated. I always feel like he's gonna he's gonna go back to Cleveland. He's, I feel like he's gonna go back to Cleveland in about two years, whenever his deal is up. Um, because if you look, the Cavs have when they traded traded for Donovan Mitchell, they kept their twenty twenty four uh, first round pick. So I feel like I don't know if it's going to happen, but if the Cavs somehow could get Bronny, like let's say, because Bronny maybe, isn't going to be a lottery pick, they're saying Bronny's yeah, going to be a, a late, like late twenties or something like that. Yeah, go. He tell you, I, I love this. I love this. Finish. <laughs> so the Cavs, think about it. They're like in the late twenties. These next couple of years, they're winning. Okay, Bronny goes there. Now, LeBron, this is your chance to go back. And also why also why this can really fit, even though Ricky Rubio, you know, he's coming back around January. There's some reports. He should be um, healthy by then. He's working on drills and stuff. But Ricky's like 33 years old. So by two years from now, that actually – like, it would kind of make sense for them to draft maybe like a backup point guard. It wouldn't be just like, well, let's try to get LeBron. So let's draft Bronny and just sit him down as like a reserve. He could actually have some type of playing time, depending on what happens with Ricky Rubio. So that, that, that's just my theory. Uh, I'm going to stick with it until, you know, whatever <laughs> happens. <laughs> I, I, I personally think – I don't think the Lakers – I don't think they're going to give them anything. I think they're very hell-bent on just, you know, they want to keep those picks. They feel like LeBron wronged them by basically wanting Russell Westbrook, which I don't understand because as the GM, you have Wait, to make so that you're saying Wait, so you're saying that they're salty at LeBron for making them give up all those assets to get Russell Westbrook? I'm not, I'm not certain, but like... It gives off point, that vibe. It gives off the vibe because you have the picks. You had you had the Miles Turner and Buddy Hill trade sitting in your lap, and also right? you had the Harrison Barnes and Buddy Hill deal before that. That's right. So you had deals. Like I understand you. Like well, we might wait for something else to come out, but I don't know if anything else is going to come out. And you have these deals waiting for you just to accept them. I, I just don't think they're going to do anything. I think they're going to let LeBron ride out. You know, and pretty much, I hate to say it, but like be a show for a show for a couple of years, and I think eventually he will leave. So, from what I'm understanding, and this is a great theory, like from the whole whole thing, the vibe currently from what you're telling me is that the Lakers front office and like owner Jeannie Buss, they're salty, kind of Russell, uh, not Russell, but at LeBron James for 
forcing them to trade for Russell Westbrook because everyone knows that LeBron James vetoed any other trade. And he said, I want Russ. I met with Russ. I talked with Russ. He told me he's trying to win. So you think they're salty that we're, we listen to you, LeBron, and we're in this situation because of you, LeBron. So we're just going to run it out so you can see like what you put us in. I, I think they do. I think seriously because I just feel like and the thing is, the saltiness in the sense is not warranted because even if LeBron, if he did say, like, I want, I just want Russell Westbrook, no matter what, you better give me Russell Westbrook on this team, they still could have said no. But either way, that's, that's neither here or there. I mm-hmm. think for these next couple of years, he's going to play out. They're going to have, you know, some fun moments. LeBron's going to pass Kareem very soon. And I think basically they're just going to let him play until his contract runs out. And you think they're just keeping it? You think they're just keeping him at this point because they know they'll make more money being a bad team with LeBron James than being a bad team without LeBron James? Most certainly. Most most certainly. It's the same thing, like, um, to a lesser extent, but like Bradley Bill. Yeah, yeah. They know – He's the only thing that's bringing them tickets. And so they don't want to tank. That's the thing with smaller market teams. Um, if they tank, now the Lakers tank. Here's the thing. They'll still be somewhat relevant. But they won't sell tickets to the games. They won't or, sell yeah, as much. Or jerseys. But like, yeah, or jerseys. But with the Wizards, you know, they tank. It's going to get, like, real ugly. But to bring it back to the Lakers, yeah, I think pretty much he's just a side show. No disrespect to LeBron, but just saying that I don't think they're going to try to. And they're like, cool. They're like, we won a championship. We can ride off this championship for another 10 years. Yeah, pretty much. It's kind of fucked like, up. It is, but it's, honestly, it's kind of like Kobe. It's like Kobe Bryant. Oh, my no, God, dude, you're right. You know, but, like, think about the last two years. Even five years. With, well, yeah, even five years. Yeah. But, yeah, the years – they didn't make the play. They were content to say, hey, we'll, we'll pay you this money, and we won our championships. We're content with just having you. You're going to be the attraction, and we're just guarding lose games. So I feel like that's what they're setting themselves up for. Yeah, and it, it's just kind of disrespectful in a way to, like, LeBron, to Kobe, you know, like these players that you're just like, oh, we're just cool with the amount of money we're making off of tickets and the TV deals because we're always going to be on national TV. People are going to be buying LeBron jerseys. But doesn't matter if, you know, we're helping you win. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's I, my theory, <laughs> It's a good one. So here, I wanted to talk about, were you a fan of Poku, Alexi Poku Vetsky at all? You know what? I don't know much about him, but I do know. Um, I think he can shoot threes a little. I'm pretty sure he he's like seven feet, right? Yeah, he's like, like a he's like a seven one shooting guard, small forward. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, seven one shooting guard, small so, forward. He's like seven one, 190 pounds. So basically, like Chet, like Chet Holmgren. Yeah, but he moves better. He moves better. Like, Chet's more of a big. Oh, Poku's now at 210 pounds. He's gone 20. So, so Poku. Okay. 
Hoku's out six to eight weeks with a broken leg. It's a non-displaced tibia plat two fracture in his left leg. And this guy was actually averaging a career high in 8.8 points, 5.1 rebounds and 1.3 blocks in 31 games, 25 starts and actually shooting 37.6%. And Poku was a guy that when he came out of uh, this Greek club call, I think it was he was playing for Olympiakos at the time. He's from Serbia. People were expecting him to be like this crazy, like European guy. At this point, he kind of looks like a glue guy who can pass the ball, rebound, block shots. But again, being 7'1, 210 pounds, playing shooting guard, small forward, it's, you know, not the most uh, like he's going to, he's big guys blow by him, you know? Do you think injuries happening to young guys? it derails their career a lot? I think it depends on the person. I think um, some people can just come back from injuries differently, you know. I think, yeah. for example, right now that we're seeing right now, um, Zion. Or Zion. Katie. Well, yeah, Katie too, but yeah, Zion right now. I mean, he's having the best season of his career. But some other people. Um, Markel. Yeah, Markel Fultz. I mean, you can go down the line. I mean, like well, Markel's he's came back, but it took Markel like three years to come back from that shoulder injury. Yeah, and he, he yeah, he's just starting. And you know what? He I think last year didn't he tear his ACL? Or two something? years ago, two years ago he tore his ACL. Came back last year, played only eighteen games, and this year's the first year he missed the first month due to I think a wrist injury, and now he's he's shooting threes at forty percent. I know low low volume, but. Markel's finally took him three years to figure out how to replay basketball and gain the confidence. Yeah, I think his stuff, it was injuries, but it was also like more mental stuff too with him. Do you think but that's the, the reason why not Markel Fultz, but why players, some guys can't, young guys can't come back from injuries? Confidence? It, it definitely can be, yeah, especially if that's like your first major injury. Like, um, I'm going to use myself for an example. I've never had a major injury, but when I was playing basketball, I had twisted my ankle once, and I never twisted my ankle before. So, like, it took me a while to start, like, trusting being able to jump off that foot again, um, being able to make sharp turns. Like, if you, for example, you turn your ACL, and that's, like, your first time having any type of injury that close. Depending on the person, yeah, that's going to be like a major psychological blow, you know. So you need yeah. people around you to get you through that. That's what I see. You know, the people who do get through that and continue on to have successful careers, they always they're always um, talking about the people around them and how they help them so much to get through those injuries. Um, I think it just depends on the person. Yeah, no, I agree, and I think like. I feel like people forget how ever since Adrian Peterson came back from a torn ACL in like seven months, everyone just thinks like, oh, anybody can come back from an injury like quickly now because Adrian Peterson did it in seven months. And I think that just people forget, dude, like everyone heals differently. And it's not just physical damage it does. Like you said, mental, like for me, example to use, I uh, I suffered a hip flexor injury. Like I pulled my hip flexor. So when I would run, I would get this insane pain in my hip and it took like almost two, three months for it to go away. But even when I would play, I would sometimes have like a flare up and I would get scared to like push myself past it. But I realized like I had to push myself because it was me re-strengthening the muscle that I, I had hurt. Mm -hmm. 
And it's like you said, it's this mental block that you like, oh, I didn't want a Euro step anymore because I was scared that if I stretched my left leg out too much, I was going to hurt my hip again. Yeah. And yeah. that's it. There's a mental aspect. But talking about this guy, do you think now we'll move over from Poku? Devin Booker, he pulled his growing, and we thought he was about to come back, and then they reevaluated him, and they were like, nah, guess what? You're out for another four weeks. He's already missed the last six six of the past nine games due to hamstring growing injuries, and he tried to return for Christmas Day, but played four minutes before leaving. The Suns are currently in fifth place with a 20-15 record. Do you think Devin Booker getting hurt has might screw their season, or do you think the Suns are deep enough to overcome a month without Devin Booker? I think it would possibly hurt their season. I think they will make the playoffs, but I think, um, to be honest, the Suns, depending on how their depth plays, they can end up in the plan. I think they can really end up in the plan. Now, talking about Devin Booker's injury, I didn't know how severe it was, but knowing that, you know, the situation now, that was just not a good time for him to come back. I know it was Christmas Day, but that wasn't that wasn't the right thing to do. I mean, that was on um, – well, I don't, I don't want to blame anybody, but – Yeah, because it, it could have been him. It could have been him saying that he wanted yeah, to play. Yeah, it could have been him. So, it just sucks for, you know, for them, they – they were doing pretty good to start out the season once again. But now we have to see how they push through that. I think it will slightly hurt their season. I'm assuming he'll be back by like late January, maybe. So um, I don't know how many games they're playing between them, maybe like 15. Mm-hmm. So I think if they, if they can just keep their head above water. You said they're 20 and 15, right? Yeah. Okay. So if they can go like, we can go like eight and seven, or st- even seven and eight. If they can like stay five hundred, and if they can go on a run, I think they'll be fine. But so basically, split if they played sixteen games in January. Hopefully, they can go eight and eight, or like nine and eight, or eight and nine, where like it doesn't really screw them over too much. Yeah, and so- Devin Booker. Are you so? Are you with Jackson and you guys? Are you are you one of those people who think the Suns are over? The Suns are declining. I wouldn't say declining. I would say more of they're straight lining. They're going to be pretty much a steady team. That's going to be like plateaued. They plateaued. Yeah, plateaued. Plateaued. Yeah, I say straight line. I got what you meant. I got what you meant. So they plateaued. They peaked. They peaked. You're saying. Yeah, I think I think they've peaked. I don't think they're going to decline for another couple of years, but I think they've peaked. And people figured them out. I do. I, I think so. Yeah, that's a good way to put it because this is year three, and they got two back year back to back years where they were like a sixty plus win team, and you're just like, holy crap, mm-hmm. the Suns. And people forget. Two years before that, that was the Utah Jazz. The Utah Jazz had back-to-back years where they were, like, insane in the regular season, and everyone was like, holy crap, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, and this was when Rudy Gobert was winning Defensive Player of the Years, and then they would lose in the second round. And I guess that's a great way to put it, that the Phoenix Suns might have replaced Utah as the team that plateaued, that they, like, we know what they're going to do. They're going to be a really good regular season team, but they might have peaked, like, without, you know, making a move for another big-time player. Like, you know, how they were trying to get Kevin Durant and we heard that they wanted Bradley Beal and Donovan Mitchell. You think the 
they're probably like and Chris Paul's getting older, you know, and DeAndre Aiden still does not look like he wants to be there. You know what? I got a I got another thing I think. You know what Chris Paul Chris Paul going to the Suns was? What? That was just that was just a better version of Mike Conley going to Utah. Oh my god, you're right. When Mike Conley went to Utah, now the Suns I mean, excuse me, the Jazz, they were better. They were in the playoffs before. But when Mike Conley got there, what happened? They turned, like you said, into a high 50s, low 60s win team. Now, they never got to the finals, but they were really, really good. They were really they were like good. the first or second seed for like three yeah. years in a row. Yeah, and then especially 2021, which was their best season. I remember that. Yeah, that was a great year. I feel like it's literally the same thing. I feel like Chris Paul, the Suns, they weren't that good, but in the bubble they were coming up. And then Chris Paul goes to the Suns. He's like, as I said, like the better version of Mike Conley towards the situation. I'm not saying they're like the same Yeah, player. like Mike Conley and Chris Paul were two high-level – like Mike, Chris mm-hmm. Paul was the best point guard in the league for like 10 years, while Mike Conley was a top five point guard in the league for 10 years. And then Mike Conley on his way out at like 34, whatever, or 32, he goes to Utah here. Chris Paul at like 34, 35 at the end of his career, he goes to, to Phoenix and they both Mike Conley helped take Utah to the next level. And Chris Paul takes yeah. Phoenix to the next level. But you think as they get older, the team starts to peak because they should have won in the first or second season of when they joined those teams. And now that they get older, they're not as good as they used to be. Yes, there's a certain level. Like, I'm telling you, like, if you look, if you study these two teams, and I'm just literally just thinking about this right now. If you study these two teams, they're so, or they were so similar. If you look at Utah, you have a dominant shooting guard, right? Yeah. And Donovan Mitchell, Mitchell, Devin Booker. With the center, Devin Booker. You have two good centers, like and uh, DeAndre Ayton. Mm-hmm. You have two good, you know, shooting small forwards. You have Mikael Bridges for the Suns. You have Bogdanovich. They, they were, like, built the same way. Yeah, it was and Royce O'Neal, like, Bogdan, Jordan Clarkson, and then you over mm-hmm. here you have uh, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, yep. uh, Landry Shaman. Yeah. Yeah. They were Damn built man. the same way, and I just feel like the Suns were like a little bit better version of the Jazz. So that's crazy! I never thought of that, and that's such a good point, dude. That was that's good, good, good analysis. I appreciate it, but yeah, I think um, I think they plateaued just to answer your question. That was a great way to put it. I think yeah, this team is a, definitely a team that plateaued and. Not that they're like I could see them maybe making the play in if like things go really bad, but I, I feel at this point they're probably gonna be the sixth seed, which will be completely different after seeing them being the first seed for the last few years. Yeah. So over here, let's play our game. As you know, we'll still talk a few more things and give me also give me one second. My older sister just texted me, she's locked out, but I will be right back in literally two minutes. No problem. So, I guess I'm going to take over real quick. I hope you guys are enjoying the show. Um, once again, my name is Jay Johnson. Um, Jay Kwan, that's, that's, that's the first Jay. Um, 
I hope y'all are enjoying it. Hopefully y'all are talking in the comment section. I can't see it right now, but I hope y'all are talking in the comment section. Um, Alrighty. I am back and let's get at this turtle. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, you're good. All right, let's get right at this. And let's see who this week's turtle. Ooh, is this Evan Mobley? Doesn't this look like Evan Mobley? Ooh, it does. All right, does. Evan Mobley. Oh, dude, what? Not even in the East. It's not. Wow. Okay. Wait, hold on. Try. Try. Oh, man. So it's a Western Conference guy. He doesn't play center. He doesn't. And he's like over the age of 21. Who do you think? Try Harrison Barnes. Oh, good one, dude. Good one. Oh, <laughs> okay. Oh, yes. Dude, Jackson's going to be so happy. Oh, Jay Johnson on his first guess. Hey, what did Swag I say? That was good. Yo, Swaggy's got a guess. Uh, wants you know what team do you like, Jay Johnson? Let's let's uh, our winner of the Purtle today. What what's your team over here, Jay? You know what? I ain't gonna lie. I got two teams. Um, I got three. I feel okay. For my childhood, I like the Miami Heat because LeBron James, of course, and I like Cleveland too because of LeBron James. But I just stick around. I stick around, and now I'm. I'm benefiting from sticking around. Cleveland's doing good, though. All right. So I think that's a great way. Let's wrap up the episode talking about these two teams to give you a little bit. And so right here, I'll pull up this little picture. So we have a picture of both teams right here. So you're a Miami Heat Cleveland Cavaliers fan. And I want to hear what is going on with the Miami Heat in your opinion? I think Kyle um, Lowry. Kyle Lowry's too old. I don't. I don't think so. I don't think it's that. I think it's just see the way Miami plays. Watching a lot of their games, we have a consistent about. We have a consistent like three or four people. Right? You know, Jimmy Butler when he plays, he's there. You know, Bam when he plays, he's going to give you what he's going to give you. Tyler Hero, right? Mm-hmm. And Kyle Lowry. I think the problem with these last, even last year, even though they were the one seed, if you watch a lot of regular season games, we were so hurt at times where we would have to rely on a lot of no name players out of the G League. And there was just a lot of time undrafted. And it was like they had to adjust to playing in the NBA, NBA speed. It's the same thing going on this year. I mean, some of these players, I don't know where they came from. I'm looking at the um, – Mal Kane, Orlando Robinson? Yes, yes. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry, any of the Heat fans. I'm a casual on that, I guess. But I'm looking at these players, and it's like – it's even worse than last year. We had to see these guys up the speed, you know, to adjust to the NBA talent. So I think it's just a lot of that. There's so much in and out of the lineup. They have been doing better up late. I think they uh, believe they're like 17 and 17. So they're starting to hit their stride. I see the Dola Depot's back out there now. So I think they're going to turn the season around. Um, I don't know if they end up with like a top three seed, but I think I think they're going to turn their season around. 
I think it should start it off pretty slowly. But uh, do you think that's my. Do you think they're a team that, like, if they could trade for a point guard to have another point guard or if a guard got bought out, like if Pat Bev got bought out, do you think bringing in a guy like Patrick Beverly would help make a difference for this team so you could lighten the load on Kyle Lowry? Um, you know what? I don't I don't know how much that would help. I don't I don't know how much that would help because I feel like we already have a Dave Vincent. Yeah. I feel like we already have like a mini guy for that, a mini Patrick Bailey already. What position do you think you guys are weakest in? Uh, weakest right now, I would probably say the power forward position. And you know what? I've always I'm gonna go ahead and talk about it since we're talking about it. I've always been a someone who's been defending this argument. I want to see Bam move over to the four, and I want to see them pick up a comparable center. It doesn't have to be anybody who's like an all star or anything. Just someone comparable, a comparable center who can just give us some minutes, like a like a better version of Dwayne Dedman. Just someone like that. I mean, I want to see year Bam. seven, Omar, year seven, and in a Bam out of bio back front court. <laughs> maybe, maybe you know. Uh, I just want to see that. I want to see. I think Bam is cool. I think he's just a little too small for center to play center. Yes, especially especially because our other power forward, small forward positions, shooting guard, they're smaller. When you have a small center and smaller wings around him, that that can make uh, interior defense really hard on you. So I would love to see us get an actual, whether it's Gertrude starting or not, I would love to see us get a regular Cause, rotation center. Because Bam Adebayo is athletic enough to play the power mm-hmm. forward position. A lot of guys who play center that you would be like, why doesn't he play power forward? And it's just like, oh, he's too slow to play power forward. No, Bam Adebayo – is quick enough, athletic enough to keep up yeah. with wings. It's all about, well, Bama Adebayo can't shoot the three-pointer. I understand that, but, I mean, we're seeing teams that don't have, you know, like Evan Mobley can't shoot the three-pointer, and he's playing power forward. So, like, why can't – I think if you could find someone like, let's see if Omer Year 7 can do it. But, obviously, I would love to see, like, Evan – like, if they could try to find – Try to recreate an Evan Mobley, Jared Allen with Bam Adebayo. And, for example, this wouldn't work, but, like, an Andre Drummond-type guy who just comes in, rebounds, and putbacks. And then you tell Bam, you can score, and then your big man that you play next to is just a shot-blocking, rebounding big who can score on putbacks, nothing else. So he'll just get out of your way. That's exactly what I want. That's exactly what I want. So over here. Cavaliers, I'm a big Ricky Rubio fan, hence the hair. Just kidding. Uh, but <laughs> I as being a my three my three teams are the Timberwolves, Magic, and and the Timberwolves, Magic, and Wizards. And when I was watching basketball, when I got back really like my first year of being super into basketball, I'd been watching basketball since 2007. But the first year that I became a diehard fan was in 2011, I believe it was. And it was the year Ricky Rubio came over. And Ricky Rubio, people forgot how insane he was his first season. Literally passed between the legs, behind the back. Like, people literally – like, Ricky Rubio was, like, one of the best passers in the NBA when he came into the league. 
but I think Ricky Rubio coming back is going to allow this team to play smaller. And like Karis LeVert has proven himself to be the starting wing and Dean Wade, hopefully when he comes back, will help them out. And Isaac, Isaac, curls kind of been pushed out. Will, I mean, Jackson, you missed it. J one Pirtle. He won it on his first guest. It was the second entire guest. It was Harrison Barnes. I guess Evan Mobley J over here. Fucking guest Harrison Barnes. <laughs> Won it. Won it on his first guest. It was a two-minute game. You missed it. Two-minute game. Jay Johnson did you proud over here. He said, good stuff, Jay. Good shit. He said it. He said it. But Ricky Rubio, I want to see when Ricky Rubio comes back to run this lineup. Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, Ricky Rubio, Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland. You know what? That's been a lot of what people have been saying, I've been talking to Cleveland fans, they really want to see that. I don't know, that can get a little dicey with the hype. But the, like who, you who remember the Thunder? It. You remember the Thunder? They ran Chris Paul, Shea, and Dennis Schroeder. You remember that? And they made the, the, the playoffs, the Why Not Us Thunder. That's true, but you know what the difference is, though? What? Shea is 6'6". Six, six. I forget about that. Shea is and the tallest person is going to be Ricky Rubio at six three. Yeah, yep. I mean, Rubio could play. Rubio is defensively good enough to be a pestering wing. It's just about Rubio. Which three point shot you're going to get? Are you going to get Ricky Rubio? You know where he actually can hit the three point shot, or are you going to get Ricky Rubio where it's just like, bro, shoot the th- learn how to hit a three point shot. I just needed to believe it. Uh, <laughs> That that's just that's just. But in terms of Ricky Rubio, I think he will really help the second unit. I mean, you're spot on with that. I think um, our starting lineup. If you look at, I can't remember the analytics. I'm not an analytics guy, so don't try to ask me about which is what. But just from eye test, I know our starting lineup is one of the best starting lineups in in the league. Like it's it's dominant. But the bench, when the bench comes in. And when there's when Darius Garland, I put like this: when Darius Garland is not on the floor, the offense gets so stagnant. Even with Donovan Mitchell, I think it's just because he bails us out so much with the incredible shot making. But when he's out the game, the offense just fails um, so much. And then when you put in Isaac Okor, when you put in Lamar Stevens, which he's been out the last about five games, but you put in. Um, um, steady Osman. Those people, they can they can score, but they need people to set them up to score. And when you don't have someone who's like really good at setting people up to score, it it, it looks really really bad. Uh, mm-hmm. that time. So I think Ricky coming back, at least for you know some of the role players, I think that will really fix some of the scoring issue off the bench. I think their main issue is pretty much what everybody's been saying. I think it's just a small forward position. You have so many people who are trying to play out of position, but trying to fit into that position. Karis is a shooting guard. He's, he's not a small forward. Uh-huh. Uh, Isaac Cole is a shooting guard. He's not a small forward. Um. He can guard wings. He can guard certain wings. Um, but with this lack of shooting and 
just suspect defense on like bigger wings. Um, it's hard to justify to keep him keep him out there so long. Um, Dean Wade, Dean Wade is actually fine. He's just been hurt um, a little too much. And Seti Osman, uh, he's he's just Mister. Mr. Flamethrower, I like to call him that. He's just Mr. Flamethrower. You never know. He's like J.R. Smith. He's like J.R. Smith in the spirit. Like <laughs> some nights he'll go off and he'll get you twenty points efficiently. Some nights he was, he's just not there. I mean, he's he's over five. So <laughs> not playing if you had to trade anybody on the Cavs roster, I've said this. They should – I love Isaac Okoro, but Isaac Okoro starting to look like Josh Okoge instead of the next Andre Iguodala, which I said it was either – you got Isaac Okoro, he was either going to be like Andre – you know, a Walmart store store brand version of Philadelphia 76ers Andre Iguodala, or he was going to be Josh Okoge 2.0. Do you think it's time to package like Isaac Okoro and like Lamar Stevens for somebody? You know what? I'm I'm going to put two perspectives out there. I'm going to say if they want to go all in on these next two years, I would say find a way to make that trade. Do you think Isaac Curl's a bust? I don't think I don't think um, he's a bust. I would say no at the moment. I would give him another couple of years. Or was he overdrafted? Was he a reach? I think, I think he was, was overdrafted. I think if you play if you play Coral in spot minutes, in certain situations, he can be very, very valuable. I just think it's when you're depending on him to be your fifth best player on the team that That's has aspirations or winning a championship at, at this moment. It's just not. It, it's it's not going to work. He's not there think, yet. He's not. He's not there yet. Now I think what the Cavs are actually going to do. I think they will keep him around. I think they will. I think they will keep him around for the next couple of years, see if he will improve any. Maybe but, like a slow, like a late bloomer? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they will see if he's a late bloomer. But if it was up to me, <laughs> I I would package him and someone else, either this year or next year, and just try to get that small forward. Yeah. But, yeah. All right. So – Jay Johnson, we're here at the end of the show. I just want to thank you for joining us today. We hope to have you more in the future, my man, because it was great having you on. I hope you did enjoy your time here on today, man. Oh, yeah, I did. At any time, you looking for someone, a third, a third man, just let me know. If I'm available, I'll pick, pick it up. All right. Sounds good. And I hope your Miami Heat and Cleveland Cavaliers have a great rest of the season, man. And I keep I can't wait to see your comments and we'll definitely have you on soon again. Okay. You mind if I make a plug real quick? Go for it, bro. Plug away. Okay. So I got a Snapchat account. I got, I'm putting, posting some NBA content on there. Um, sporadically, I'm trying to do it every other day. So just add, if you have Snapchat, Fresh Start 3.0. The F in Fresh Start is capitalized. So Fresh go at that. Hey, Word. I put it in the. Oh wait, I, is that how you how you do it? Did I write it right? Fresh start three I can't see it, so just let me know. If, uh, okay, yeah, I put it in here. Do you see it on the screen? Is that it? That is it. 
That is All right. It. Go add my man Snap right there if you want some NBA content on Snapchat. That's it for today, guys. If you guys did enjoy today's show, be a friend and tell a friend. We hope to have you on soon again, Jay Johnson. Till next time, guys. Have a good one. Tomorrow, I won't be here, but Jackson and Luke will. So enjoy. I'm going to Miami. Peace. Be a friend, tell a friend.